Hello and welcome to a week six edition of Establish the Bets. My name is Adam Levitan. Each and every Friday night this year, I am joined by Matthew Davidow of Deck Prism of Huddle to talk all things betting, sides, and totals. This season, I'm not going to give the whole spiel on who Matt is, but let's just say Matt was one of the winningest bettors on the NFL side and then went to the other side of the counter and is now out there taking bets, taking big bets, taking on all comers. He was just in Vegas for the G2E con- uh, convention, I believe. Did you actually go to the convention, Matt? Because that sounds horrible, but maybe you actually got to hang out. <laughs> it's, it, it's funny, Adam. I, I stood in line for 20 minutes to get my badge, and I was in the show for – 15 minutes. So the one person I actually met in the show, I also saw like, like I could have met, I could have met him anywhere. No, I think those shows are interesting. I've, if I had more time, I would have, I would have walked around some. I, I, I like, I like seeing some of the, uh, the slot machines, some of the new slot machines, some of the, uh, uh, what they call it, skill-based slot machines. I get a real kick out of. <laughs> skill-based slot machines. Yeah. Oh. But I, didn't, I didn't really, I was there for two days. I didn't have any time. We don't uh, have time to talk about that, although that does intrigue me. Uh, Before we get into it, just a quick reminder, if you do bet on sports, please, 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 please be sure you're getting the best line every single time. You see, I have the unabated odds screen up here. If you read Matt's book, uh, you will see how much value you can get just by getting a half point here, a half point there, minus 110 instead of minus 120 here or there. It makes a huge, huge, huge difference if you go to establish the run. and the betting tab section, you'll see our list of bonus offers by state, not only will you be getting the best line, you'll also be getting sign-up bonus offers when you sign up for a new book. All right. Speaking of books, uh, Matt, we got a question from someone. I forgot to write down the name. We got a question from someone asking about boosts. And so everybody who bets on these apps, DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever, you're constantly getting bar- bar- barrage of boosts. And everybody wants to know, should I just be blindly betting all the boosts? I mean, if you took a line and you give me 50 cents better, it's got to be good, right? And so what? how do you think about boosts or how should customers be thinking about boost well adam each bet is separate and some of the the things that tend to get boosted can often have uh, large holds so for instance like if you have a two-way line with a like a normal ish like old school normal ish like four to five percent hold like think like minus 110 and then they boost it well then you can have a pretty good bet but sometimes what i see them boost is like the first touchdown you know those multi-way markets where it's very possible that you can get the boost and still the, what they're boosting is not going to actually happen enough to, uh, to, to, to make you a winner at the new odds. Uh, my point that people think it's like some malicious thing from the books, like, Oh, they're giving me a boost here. Cause they know it's going to lose. They don't know it's going to lose. It's just a marketing thing. You know, that that's it. It's not yeah, I mean, another way to look at it is a lot of players that are playing the boost. They might, the, the, the operators attempting to pick something they want to bet on anyway. Right. So, if you look at it from a standpoint of the player's going to bet it anyway, they get the boost, that's great. They're, they're certainly not trying to trap you out. No, certainly not trying to trap you at all. Okay. Um, let's talk about this week. I think one of the stories of the NFL this year has been Geno Smith. And I've looked at Geno Smith, and I've watched Geno Smith. I've looked at all the numbers. Geno Smith is playing at a top three level at the quarterback position. He's playing so outrageously well. He could regress and still be playing well, okay? I feel like Matt, though, is waiting for their shoot to drop on Gino. I mean, this line is funny, man. I mean, I don't know what you would have made this line before the season, but now we're seeing Arizona two and a half uh, in Seattle here. What do you think about this game, this line, and Gino's season? Well, I'm going to have to disagree with you on Gino, Adam. I, I, I definitely agree that, that the Seattle offense has been good this year. Uh, their first-round right tackle has been amazing. Uh, 
Lucas, I forget his first name offhand. The coaching's been fantastic. The the skill position, they obviously have good receivers, good running back. However, every time Seattle's really needed to pass the football, you know, Geno Smith is not your not not your quarterback. He made some really big plays last week against the Saints. They've taken advantage this year of a you know a couple of really bad defenses. They had one of the better game plans I've seen against Denver in week one. You know, and then you know we playing playing the Lions a couple weeks ago. I don't think Seattle's that good of a football team. This is interesting that this line would have been like five and a half, six before the season. And obviously now, you know, two and a half and could even go lower than that. I'm not a Seattle. I'm not buying Seattle. Not, 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 not on this level, particularly when Seattle is one of these teams that has a really bad defense. And as many years as I've been watching the NFL and making numbers, et cetera, I don't think I've ever seen. There's like what three defenses, Atlanta, Seattle, and Detroit, that are so bad. I've never had three defenses ranked so poorly this, you know, just this far into the season. But there's no no talent, especially up front on those teams. Did you mean to say Atlanta there or Arizona? Because I my point on this game is I think Arizona has one of the worst defenses in the league, also. I, I have Arizona's defense around average. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess my point is like, who are the Cardinals to be a road favorite against anyone? I mean, they suck too. I I, I hate Cliff. I hate the way they run their offense. I hate the way they use all their players. To me, it's insulting to the Seahawks and Geno that they should be a road favorite here. So maybe I'm a fish, but that was just my initial thought. Arizona's about to, you know, this goes, we talked a little bit, I think, last week about uncertainty. And Arizona's got more or less the same team they had last year. Uh, a couple of changes here and there. Obviously, Hopkins, but they were missing Hopkins a bunch last year, too. So, therefore, the... The, the short sample Arizona this year, and they really haven't been that bad. They've played some good teams, uh, <laughs> except for Carolina. Uh, but the short sample Arizona this year, less you take that less into account than than, than a team that's you know, completely brand new or has brand new coaching. I know you want to talk about Jacksonville. That's definitely one of them there. You yeah. know, a lot of uncertainty. Seattle, a lot of uncertainty, although the Seattle, Seattle does not have the talent to be able to, uh, to keep up this performance as they've done so far. Uh, I want to ask about the San Francisco situation. Evan and I have talked a lot about the offensive line uh, injuries that San Francisco has had this season. Hasn't really come up and bit them yet. This is one of those classic San Francisco uh, road, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern game on the East Coast as a road favorite against the Falcons team where I feel like the Sharps are on the home dog here. I could certainly be wrong. What do you think about the 49ers and all the injuries and everything they're going through? Well, the 1 p.m. Eastern won't be a factor. The Niners have stayed on the East Coast all week after being in okay. Carolina. They practiced there. So that, that, that's probably a, an advantage for them. That they've mm-hmm. been away from distractions. You probably get more practice and study than you normally get in. But, man, they have a lot of injuries. You know, they're very good very good cornerback, good safety. I'll be shocked if uh, Bosa plays. They say he yeah. might play, but he didn't practice. He's a groin injury. And if he plays, how many snaps is he going to get and how effective he's going to be with a pulled groin Obviously, Trent, you know, Trent Williams. They, the Niners have a bad offensive line with Trent Williams. Now, Atlanta's pretty bad on it, especially the defensive line of scrimmage themselves. So it could be a <laughs> it could be a, a matter of uh, not being able to move a rock and a rock that's pretty movable there, there on that side of the ball. I think there should be some Atlanta money. There's a like you we just said a lot of San Francisco injuries that, that that might not be fully accounted for in this line. At the same time, this Atlanta defense is bad. And the Niners still have Samuel, Kittle, uh, three or four other good defense players who aren't hurt. 
And like, for instance, those six players, and I, there's probably one or two more, probably better than everybody on the Atlanta team. So it's still a lot more talent on the San Francisco side of the ball. I wanted to ask about two totals real quick from kind of half a DFS, but also for betting. I was a little surprised that Bills and Chiefs wasn't higher. Like I thought this would be a 56, 56 and a half, especially after what we saw in last year's playoffs. I'm curious if you felt the same way, if you think this is right. And maybe because it's Buffalo's defense has played so well this year. And then the other total that I wanted to ask you about was the Pittsburgh Tampa total here. We've seen some movement there. What do you think about those two totals? Buffalo, Buffalo is, if not the best defense, close to the best defense. Yeah. And Kansas City's defense has been very good too. Nobody plays fast anymore. You know, Kansas City played a lot faster last year than they played this year. Our models make the total a little lower. You know, I've said this before too, though. When you have great offenses, great offenses are always, always more important than the quality of the defense. So, yeah. I could, I could see this being a shootout. At the same time, I, if my gun to my head, I'd go under fifty-four if I had to choose now. So, with that one, the Tampa one is super interesting in that if you look at any data, especially from this season, you're going to get a number like in the low forties there. However, as uh, I think uh, Adam Chernoff uh, pointed out, you know, I think he he he's on over, and he pointed out there's a t- lot of defensive injuries. The Steelers have like four secondary guys out yep. plus Watt. Uh, three good players are out for Tampa as well. Definitely the Pittsburgh offense is different and better with Pickett. I mean, who, who didn't know that? How much better? We'll see. Still, it's 46-ish, 45 and a half. It's still too high. There'll they'll, they'll be, they'll be a lot of money both ways in this game with the injury betters going over. And then I, I like to say better people with better – better quantitative systems, better ways to quantify the injuries going, going under. But, uh, well, I, I was going to say, my thing is that it's tough to use the data from the season on Tampa because when they didn't have their wide receivers, when their offensive line was a mess, they were just like not playing their, their game. The last two weeks when they've had everybody, they've been extremely throw happy. I mean, they've been among the league leaders in pass rate over expectations. So it's different now. And it's different with Pickett. That's a, that's a great point. I, I tend to, I, I know you guys are real big on the pass rate over expectation. I always have my doubt. It always feels like short sample. And they, they certainly wanted to run the KC game. And then, you know, they got behind and they, they just couldn't. I don't see why they won't want to run in this game. But you, yeah. me, I guess you never know. I don't, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not privy to their game plan. Great point about Tampa, especially about their receivers for a couple of games. I don't think the offensive line has been much different. Obviously, yeah. they were uh, uh, the left tackle. His name escapes me. Donovan Smith, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was out for you know, a couple of weeks. And he's back, and the, the 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 replacement for him was pretty bad. So d- definitely, definitely a factor. And I mean, I want to say too, you know, Adam Trump, the guy, the 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 person that did like this over, he's been really, really good, especially the early week picking off bad totals. That he's going to be this closer by a point and a half, two points. He was all over this injury information in no way, shape, or form. The fact that I think it should be a little lower <laughs> in my. Uh, Am I not, you know, paying a lot of respect to that? Okay. Uh, I want to ask you about this New England-Cleveland game. I'm not sure if you even have any thoughts here. And maybe you don't. But this game did move across three. I saw it open two and a half, uh, three and a half. We've seen some some uh, two and a halves now in the uh, Cleveland-New England game here. Yeah, three and a half down to two and a half. I don't, I have such a hard time figuring this out with Bailey Zappi and everything going on between these two teams. Any thoughts on this game at all or where you think the money is in New England and Cleveland. 
I mean, it crossed three, so I assume that I assume the money's on New England. It crossed three, no? It crossed three, I think, with a weak opening market. Like, it, I, I don't think there's been much action this game. I, I honestly, I, I don't know where I, I don't know where it'll go. Okay. Uh, I think the Patriots are as good this week with Zappy as with a hurt Mac Jones. Of course, <laughs> I like Bailey Zappy, so I. I did that maybe a little a, a, a little bias there. I also like the Browns, especially the Browns offense, especially offensive line. Denzel Ward's out, and they're thin at cornerbacks. I mean, I guess they're playing the Patriots anyway. We made this line close, you know, two two and a half, two and three quarters. I guess it, I guess it won't go anywhere unless Mac Jones is going to play. Okay, Matt was on Cleveland plus two and a half last week, and the Baltimore under. Shout out to him for the. Uh, 2-0 and on the leans last week. Anyways, that's not the point. The point is, talk about games intelligently. A couple more quick ones I wanted to ask you about here. Jacksonville and Indy, the total in this game, I, I thought it should be higher. And I know Trevor Lawrence has played poorly uh, the last two weeks. I'm willing to throw out that weather game a little bit. Last week was a mess. I don't know what happened. They couldn't get the ball to Christian Kirk. They couldn't do anything. 42 for this feels really, really low to me, or maybe I'm just too high on this Jacksonville team. I also think Jacksonville is better, but um, anyways, what do you think about Jacksonville and the Colts game here, our, 42? Our numbers had the, had the total about a right on. And I think Trevor Lawrence has played poorly for 22 games, not, not two myself. Uh, I do. Jacksonville's better on both line of scrimmages than, than the Colts, for sure. The, the Colts' offensive line is not good. Yeah. Also, from a total perspective, you got Matt Ryan, who – this is like three years now has made like no big plays ever. Yeah. And I mean, if you, if, if, if you look at the closest of the cold offense is completely non-existent, he's running for his life and, you know, slow, you know, slowly at bat. Now, it, like you said with Jacksonville, Jacksonville's now this big uncertainty team. I'm, I said last week that I'm not sold on Jacksonville, which doesn't mean that I don't think they're good and certainly a ton improved over last year, but not sold on them being, you know, even as good as the Colts. I'm not saying they're not think this is a fair line all around. Okay. Uh, the Well, I always look for like where the public's going to be. I think that the biggest public game this week is going to be Minnesota mm -hmm. as a three-point favorite in Miami. Everybody's like, oh, Skylar Thompson. I don't even know who that is. Of course, Minnesota's going to go down there and kill him. I only have to lay three points. I, that strikes me as the biggest public spot of the week, which makes me want to be on Miami. But, you know, I don't know if that's a winning strategy at all. Just find where the public is and take the other side. So what do you think about Minnesota, Miami? I don't think it's necessarily a winning strategy to take where the public is and take the other side. And I do think Miami has a lot of, uh, you know, intangible advantages here. The, the, the travel, the climate, you know, playing in Miami from a team that's, you know, spent their time in, you know, Minnesota the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I think Skyler, I think Skyler Thompson's pretty good. You know, get some value there. Like, yeah, I think he's better than Bridgewater or at least the same. Mm. Bridgewater is going to be healthy for this game and not start. Well, I shouldn't say yeah. healthy, cleared for this game and not start. He could have a peck issue. My gut is they, 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 they just think they'll be better off with Skyler. Mm. With Skyler, he played really well in, in, in preseason. Really wasn't bad last week. He had a couple turnovers. Uh, the intercession was particularly unlucky. You're supposed to get turnovers though when you're you, when you're behind in the game, and they had a good chance to win that game. They they kicked what I thought was an inexplicable field goal try from 57 yards in the wind on like fourth and four down by two points, and I think everything went against them from there. They, they do have the you know two of the best receivers in the league. Thompson, I do think can give them the ball. They have obviously a disadvantage of the offensive line, and I think Armstead could be out again. That could be uh, something. Yeah. I, I I leave Miami at this game at this price though, and like you said, it could very well go up by game time. 
Right, exactly. And I'll be waiting for a number there if I was going to bet that. Last one I wanted to ask you about was the Eagles line move. I saw four and a half, and I know you don't put a lot of stock in these openers, but I did see a four and a half, and now it's mm-hmm. out to six here in the Sunday night game, all the way out to six and a half, actually, in some spots. Looks like you guys have six and a half there at Deck Prism. I mean, you know, Cowboys defense has been awesome. I think it's a pretty good matchup for the Eagles, though. In other words, Dallas is so dominant defensively, but Eagles are so efficient on offense, have such a good offensive line. I think they'll be able to handle Dallas's defense. But any thoughts on this Sunday night game? I'm sure there'll be a ton of action on this game. Well, you know, I'm a I'm a big Eagles by Eagles believer this year. I definitely think Hurts has turned a corner. Their, their offensive schemes have been tremendous. They've got good receivers, the great talent on defense. Now, the and, and I do actually make this game higher. I think it'll go up. However, I do wonder if the Cardinals last week didn't expose Hurts. They almost every single play in the second half of that game, they set one more than than the Cardinals than, than the Eagles could block every play and. All the Eagles could do against it was run the ball. Mm-hmm. And when they couldn't run the ball, when they did get to a passing situation, Cardinals sent that blitz and Hurts looked bad. He kept trying to he kept trying to like run away from a, a flea a free man blitz, which just doesn't work in the NFL. You have to you have to throw a slant, yet you have to throw hot, you gotta throw a hitch, you gotta throw a go, you get you gotta get the ball out of your hand. And like six or seven plays, he did not do that. Now Dallas doesn't blitz. I mean, they don't have to with their defensive line, but if they do send a little extra pressure, if Par- well, Parsons might not be 100%, and that's like the guy that can really run Hurts down, and he is a, I think, groiner, and he didn't look right at all when they brought him back in last week. But that is the one thing. If they get that pressure on Hurts, they hurt, you know, Philadelphia might be same as last week where they just can't throw the ball. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. I kind of wish Hurts was on the main slate here because obviously <laughs> there's going to be a ton of – Josh Allen stuff for DFS, but yeah, it's certainly interesting game there on Sunday night for the showdown between Hertz and Cooper Rush. All right, that is going to do it for another edition of Establish the Bets, week six edition. As always, thanks so much to Matt for his time. Follow him, David Al Matthew, on Twitter. For Matt, for producer Adam, I am Adam. Good luck, everybody.